This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. And good morning. It's the sous chef of the garden, uh, Frank Proctor here. Good morning, Along with Frank. Grace and our little daffodil of delight. Here she is. Uh, this is you. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Dobbin. Uh, you always put me in a good mood, though. I'm, I'm, I'm just right, saying, eh? I'm telling it just... like it is. <laughs> yes. From, remember uh, Flip Wilson? Uh, the, from the church of what's happening now. That's right. That's, that's what's happening now. That's what's happening we now. We always have fun. Happiness. Well, that's, that's the name of the game, I mean, if you can't have fun with what you're doing, why do it, right? It, that's my mantra. That's one of my mantras. So that's that's why I do this show, even though they don't pay me for this. No, I neither. volunteer my time. <laughs> really? Really. It's a, it's a great so, volunteer job. Well, Bob. there you are. You know, <laughs> I'm just here to support you. And, help and you're you the best. Well, of course. <laughs> Goes without saying. And let me give the phone number. Sure. Uh, you've got a raft of papers in your hand, all just getting set to charge out and fill, uh, fill in the information blanks there here at AM740. First of all, you want to talk to Charlie and ask a question or maybe give us some information, that's great. Phone numbers for Toronto area listeners, 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Charlie, away you go. Okay, thanks, Frankie. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. We do have a few announcements, so let's just get to them quickly here. Uh, and, And this also, I have a relevant email I wanted to share with you. So remember, if you can't get through on the phone lines, you can email... My email is my first initial C, last name Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at am740.ca. You did that rather well. Thank you very much. And if you miss the show for any reason, you know, you just, for whatever reason, sleep in, you know, these things happen, you can always catch our show because it's podcast on iTunes. So it's there in the in the archives. Listen back to any show. I They're listen great. faithfully every week. As I soon don't as I get think home, you I... do, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. you. Me uh, anyway, so it's tri- very easy. www.itunes.com. A very simple download of some very free software. And then yeah, you great. just yeah, flip to a look, search mm-hmm. AM740. There's the garden show and listen in any time. So a couple of quick announcements. Next Sunday, for anybody who's in the Midland area, the Midland SPCA is holding their annual Gardener's Gathering fundraiser for the local animal shelter. The event is at the Best Western Highland Inn in Midland from 10.30 to 2.30. Included are breakfast, a silent auction, and me. I'll be speaking on a very topical subject, which is still to be determined. 
Um, my if Pat is listening, my apologies. She's been trying to get me to give her some information, and I've been tardy getting the information back. Uh, but I will be there, and my mom will be with me as well. Frisky's going with you. Frisky, my no Frisky mom kidding. is coming with me. It's her birthday weekend, yeah. and I didn't want to leave her alone. Well, so I, I said, you know, I've nice. got to bring my mom, and they said, sure, bring your mom. So okay. she'll be a guest at that as well. So if you want to see if my mom really exists, and then she's <laughs> going to do some limbo dancing to show you just how frisky she is. <clears throat> okay, it's plant sale. <laughs> time of year. Uh, plant sales. Anybody who's looking for specialty plants, uh, very budget conscious opportunities to mm-hmm. get a hold of perennials, annuals, vegetables, all kinds of stuff going on. So Saturday, May the 8th, put this on your calendar if you're in the Asian Court area. It's the Asian Court Garden Club Spring Sale, 9 a.m. till noon. Plants galore at good prices. Okay. Can't go wrong there. They also have abandoned treasures for sale. So it's a real, again, a fundraiser for the Garden Club at the Knox United Christian Center, Midland and Shepherd Avenues in Agent Court. Free parking. Uh, another one, if you're a rose person, roses, 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 the Huronia Rose Society are selling roses at the Farmer's Market in Orillia on May 8th and 15th and at the Farmer's Market in Barrie on May 1st, 8th, 15th, and 22nd. The roses are all potted, they're all hardy, and there's lots of different varieties and colors. So check those out. Great opportunity. And one more. This is for next Saturday, May the 8th. Actually, maybe it's the next Saturday after that. No, it isn't. Oh, now I'm confused. No, no. Next, next Saturday is May 1st. That's a good point. So it's two Saturdays <laughs> away. Uh, put this on your calendar if you're in the Markham area, the Markham Civic Center Atrium. Uh, the North American Native Plant Society is holding their wildflower sale. It includes a great selection of shrubs, trees, ferns, vines, grasses, and wildflowers. From 10 till 3, there's something there for every garden condition. Never mind potted roses. I think you might be potted this morning. <laughs> Thank you so much. Keep your little mind straight on our date. Good heavens <laughs> to Betsy. What day is it? Where am I? Where am I? Where am well, I? Well, you know why? It's been a funny spring. Oh, has that, it like, ever? That's why I'm confused. It feels like it should be <clears throat> yeah. June right now. I mean, just driving here, the the flowers, the the trees that are leafing out. I mean, well, it's the crazy. poor Canadian Cancer Society. They mm. had a big uh, 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 the blooming ceremony to of take place at Allen Gardens May six. Daffodils. Had be, uh, yeah, had to be canceled because, because the, they're in bloom already. They're in bloom yeah. last week. But I'm going to talk to Guy Laporte. Are you? Uh, from oh, the yeah. Society this morning, and he'll fill and you he'll in. Let you, he'll let me know everything about it. All right, and we can talk a little more about the fields of gold because that's something I'm quite familiar with as well. Yeah, you you were the MC uh, at the original yes. planting ceremony last uh, last fall. Yeah, didn't ask you back, huh? They did ask me back, but then they canceled <laughs> me. <laughs> you know what? I'm looking forward to a day off. I'm just yeah. dreaming somewhere in that future calendar yeah. that I'll get a day off. So uh, cancellations are okay by me. <laughs> All righty, okay. Is that is that the uh, list? That's so far? it so far. Okay. Very well. You are an honorable huckster. Huckster. Uh, there uh, you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nine eleven. <clears throat> One more time with the phone numbers here. 416-360-0740 and 1-866-740-4740. Mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And just before we go, you, we mentioned my frisky mom. Yeah. That yeah. just reminds me. I need to just give you a very quick update. The oh. reason we're referring to my mom as being frisky is because she takes a product called Sierra Sil. 
Sierracil is a nutritional supplement from all natural sources that helps with joint and movement loosening up mm. all your stiff joints. So my mom's going to be 82 in the next 10 days, and she's feeling pretty good. She started taking Sierracil about a month ago. She said she was feeling very frisky about two weeks ago, <laughs> feeling like it. that good, yeah. right? Jumping, you know, hurdles and stuff. And so uh, when I spoke with her last night, the update is, she feels her balance has gotten better. She, in the morning, instead of sort of perching on the bed to put on socks and underwear, she said she's balancing on one leg, no problem, steady as a rock. Hey, I have difficulty doing that for gosh sakes. Well, you exactly. Know? So there's, you know, good good information about why Sierra Sil has been great for her and could be great for others who are feeling a little on the stiff side. So any for more information, call one eight seven seven joint 14 and that's the Sierra Sill uh, head office where you can order up the product and they'll send ship it to you at no cost or check out their website www.sierrasill.com okay and we're going to be coming back to uh, Sweet Good Anne in Toronto in just a moment this is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, your exclusive source for gardening advice sponsored by Scott's makers of EcoSense natural lawn fertilizer and on this beautiful Saturday morning, the first voice you will hear is that of Grace, our uh, producer for the show. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. And here is Charlie Dobbin, all set to have words with Anne in Toronto. Hi, Anne. Oh, good morning. Good, good morning. morning. I'm glad to be your first um, customer this morning. Wonderful. Okay. Um, I'm, I have African violets, mm-hmm. which I've had for four years. I've enjoyed beautiful blooms all winter. Mm-hmm. But just last week, I noticed the buds on two of my plants wasn't opening. And when I looked close, they were covered in little aphids. Oh, my. That's unusual. Yeah, because I know I, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I heard you speak to someone once, one of your listeners, to say that um, African violets don't usually get bugs. No, they don't. Because the leaves are furry. The leaves are fine, but um, the these flower buds. aphids. And for sure they're aphids? They're little tiny insects? What color are they? They're like a, a light gray, mm-hmm. but they cover the entire bud, and uh, I couldn't stand them being in the house. No. <laughs> so I put them out on my deck, okay. and I think I might have lost those two plants. I have oh. a big white flowering one, which is gorgeous. It's never been near these two, mm-hmm. so it has nothing like that. Right, good ideas. I can treat them with? All right, so you checked really closely on any other, other plants, including other African violets. You see no evidence of any insects? No, just these two. All right, so keep a close eye, though, on the ones that appear clean and make sure that they stay clean. Okay. The two that are out on the balcony, when you say you're afraid you've lost them, uh, what do they look like now? Are they all kind of shriveled up? Did they get frosted or anything? Yeah, yeah I think the frost got to them. Mm. But they're just small ones, mm-hmm. they're small plants, and they... Um, um, one is a cutting from, you know, they, they kind of want the cutting from the other one, mm-hmm. which I transplanted last year. Right. And um, the only thing I can think of is um, I I had um, uh, another plant, um, oh, what's it called, the the purple purple plants? Anyway, mm-hmm. it was just a potted plant and it's died off now. Oh, maybe it started the infection of insects, you mean? Yeah. Um, okay, so the trick is, is to try and see if the little violets out on the balcony are salvageable. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a look at them today in the sunshine, you know, and the, once the you can see clearly. The, the leaves, like, see if there's any um, firmness to the leaves or if they're just completely limp. I mean, if they're just almost like mush, uh-huh. then just if they need water, give them a little bit of water. If they're at all moist, don't water them at all. All right. Leave them outside, obviously, because insects could still be on them. Mm-hmm. 
put them in a situation where they're not in direct sunlight because they'll, their leaves will get all burned. So make sure that they're in the shade. So tucked out of the wind, out of the sun. Okay. Uh, and as I said, just water a little bit if necessary. Otherwise, leave them alone. No fertilizer, anything like that. If you see evidence of bugs and you believe the insects are alive, you could spray them with a soap solution. So you can purchase soap mm-hmm. uh, mixed up and ready to go as that is an insecticide. So it's just a little spritzer bottle, and you shake it up, follow the instructions, and spray as per instructions. Mm -hmm. Or you can make your own mix, but it must be soap, not detergent, that's mixed with water. And the the ratio is a 40 to 1 ratio water to soap. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a mix and a spray. Let it dry. The soap will kill any insects on the plants. uh, But if the plants you think are, are... dead anyway, then it's maybe off to the composter for them. And just keep an eye on what you've got in the house. Make sure it stays bug-free. Okay, then. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for joining us, Anne, here on this uh, gorgeous Saturday morning. Yeah, a little on the chilly side, but uh, the sun's going to warm things up, I know. Uh, Great gardening weather. Oh, I'll bet you Better than that 25 degrees we had a few weeks ago when it was too hot to garden. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see what's going on with Rosemary in Mississauga. Hi, Rosemary. Hello, Rosemary. Yes. Good okay. morning. Good morning. Uh, uh, you guys are doing a great job. Thank, oh, thank you. you. I planted last, late last summer three outdoor hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep, yep got gotcha. you. Yep. Go ahead. Three outdoor hibiscus. In the fall, like, I cut them down, and I think I cut them down too low. Okay. So when you're calling them outdoor hibiscus, these are shrubs? They're shrubs, and- yes. Not, not a rose of Sharon. They're hibiscus itself. Okay, hold on. Um, there's tropical hibiscus. Yeah, I have. Tro- I have which we don't. of tropical hibiscus yeah. in my solarium. Right, which we keep indoors. Which and put- we keep indoor all year. But I bought those outdoor ones. They're fairly big. Okay, now the two. There's two kinds of outdoor or hardy hibiscus. One is the shrub called. No, it's not a shrub. It was just on a stalk. Uh, Okay. The shrub is commonly called Rose of Sharon, and no, so we, it wasn't that. Rose of Sharon, definitely not. All right. So the other kind of hardy hibiscus is a perennial plant. So it's a herbaceous perennial, okay. and it is hibiscus. The, uh, it gets huge flowers. flowers. Exactly. That's what it, it had really huge flowers yeah, on yeah. it. Now, and when, in the fall, I cut it down. Okay. But it's not coming up again. Oh, don't worry. It's only April 24th. <laughs> There's like lots my husband of... has been telling me that I killed the plant. No, no. It wasn't just one. It was a number of them, right? We bought quite a number oh, of them. Oh, did you? Plants. Okay. Well, don't... Uh, if I were you, you know where they are, right? You've got a yes, clear... Yes, and I can see it. I can see them where they are. Okay. And uh, actually, um, one of the branches, they're fairly green-looking. Okay. Like, so... it's not... But nothing is coming up. No little sprouts or anything. All right. Remain patient. That is my advice. The hibiscus are very slow to emerge from the ground. They're very slow to break dormancy. Actually, very similar to the Rose of Sharon shrubs. Yes. We often think they're dead in the spring because they're one of the last shrubs to actually green up. So you're actually telling me that I didn't kill it, right? I'm actually telling you that don't assume anything yet. Give them time. The ground, the soil is not warm enough yet. They are uh, plants that like, they like the warmth. They're going to start growing once things warm up. Now, so just don't step on them that's are all. you supposed to cut them down or not um with our perennials it's not there's a bit of a philosophical debate on that it's kind of what works best for you some of our plants 
some people like to just cut every, all their perennials down in the fall, go for that you know clean garden look right. for the winter. Um, that I'm was guilty of that. <laughs> well, but that was kind of the way we learned to garden because in England, where so many of the best gardeners are, that's what they do there. If they left all the leaves and, and everything to just kind of die and drop down in the garden over the winter, they found that they ended up with little harboring hotels for mice <laughs> and voles and slugs and snails. And they right. just felt that by cleaning up the garden, it was more free of some of the, the pests that we didn't want to see in the spring. But in Ontario, many of us find that it's not a bad idea to leave some of those leaves and some of those flowers standing all winter. Let them just dry. I mean, things like um, a good example would be um, black-eyed Susans. If you leave them up, they'll go to seed. And of course, the little finches will come and take the seeds. Many of our ornamental grasses look amazing standing up all winter in our gardens. And then we mm-hmm. cut them all down in the spring. So okay. either way, you know what? It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's more of a lifestyle. What works for you? When do you, when do you have a chance? One okay, way or the other, so you're... You are telling me I didn't kill it, no, right? You're going to have to cut them down eventually. Uh, Rosemary, what, what's your husband's name? A.K. A.K., will you tell A.K. that uh, as a prosecutor... He's on the radio right now. <laughs> is he? Well, A.K., as a prosecutor, you have overstepped your bounds calling your wife a murderess. <laughs> so I would back off and maybe attend law school again before you go that far. <laughs> or at least That's all I want to tell you. Thank you for taking my side <laughs> Thank you so much. All Thanks, right. Rosemary. Thank you, work. Rosemary. Thank you. <laughs> you Bye. are listening to AM 740 Zoomer Radio. It's the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, and we're going to come back and have a word with Bill in La Fontaine. i got to find out where that is after these words. When you have a growing concern, ask the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Scott's Wild Bird Food. And the phone numbers for Toronto area listeners to call, 416-360-0740. And uh, anywhere else in the province, of course, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Gee, I wonder if uh, Bill had called that long-distance line. He's in LaFontaine. Bill, where is LaFontaine? Oh, you can't get there from here. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) Keeping it a secret, uh, huh? Small village north of Ellenville. Oh, Elmvale, yeah. okay, yeah, up towards cottage yeah, country. Shelburne there. Way, yeah, mm. gotcha. So, what's going on in your garden, Bill? Uh, periwinkle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got an established bed of periwinkle, and uh, oh, it's been about fifteen years. Uh, first five years, it bloomed quite well. Now, it's, I guess it's established. It doesn't bloom so well, and I'm just wondering what you would recommend to get it to bloom better. When was the last time you amended the soil that it's growing in? Have you ever added compost or anything to that soil? No. It's in a forested area. Mm-hmm. So leaves drop down and you let them drop? Yeah. And you do a little bit of leaf cleanup in the spring or a little bit of kind of shuffling around to kind yep. of... Good. Okay. And you don't fertilize otherwise? Uh, it just gets fertilizer from where the lawn spreader goes past. Mm-hmm. Okay, so keep in mind what lawn fertilizer is encouraging. Lawn fertilizer is very high in nitrogen because we use it to encourage green leaves in our lawn. So if nitrogen is getting on the periwinkle in a fairly high quantity, that could be why you're finding you're getting a lot of green growth and not a lot of flowers. Yeah, it's, it's about eight inches deep. Okay. What I would be inclined to do, two things. One would be... Um, 
Yeah, not a bad idea to consider if you had access to well-composted manure or compost would be to kind of scatter some shovelfuls into the into the periwinkle, just a light layer, you know, a quarter of an inch kind of thing. The other thing would be, particularly if a little bit of lawn fertilizer is getting in there, would be to kind of broadcast some bone meal over the periwinkle, sure. bone meal being high in phosphorus to encourage flower bud formation. Um, otherwise, it, again, it might be it's just darker and darker as the trees have gotten more dense in there, and it's a light level thing that there's just in, you know less light getting in and fewer uh, flowers being formed as a result. Yeah, it, it just it just seems to be that it's uh, fairly thick, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if I should cut it back at all. No, I mean, if it's creeping into the lawn or into areas you don't want it, then absolutely. No, I, just, I just cut it off with a lawnmower as I go past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my kind of gardener. Yeah. Just get it done, yeah, get right? It down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, well, it's a, it's a fairly large area, yeah. and it creeps out mm-hmm. with the lawnmower. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, But I wouldn't be sort of, yeah, it's maybe not giving you as many flowers as it used to, but it could be, you're right, it's, it's so dense in there with the periwinkle and the shade, the flowers just aren't getting it chance to form. But a little encouraging with some phosphorus would probably help that a little bit. I don't know if I do a lot of thinning or, or fiddling in there. I would let it just do its thing. Let yeah. it let it be a green mat and don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you, Bill. Bill. Bye-bye. Calling in from La Fontaine. And it's 9.30 on the button. Just a quick reminder to those of you traveling about the city, the DVP, the Don Valley mm. Parkway, closed from one end to the other. I noticed that this morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you did. You, you, how did you make your way down to the studio? By carrier pigeon. <laughs> That's some big bird, I'll, I'll tell, tell you. you. <laughs> and it was a slow, <laughs> slow ride. <laughs> and my arms are tired. And I, I don't know how I'm getting home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to Val, who's calling in from Guildwood. Good morning, Val. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Thank you, Charlie, for your most informative program. Lovely. Thank you. And uh, I'm here. I'm in the woods here, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lovage is coming up like crazy. Wow. It's such a wonderful herb, isn't no it? No kidding. It's wonderful. And, it's right. You know, it tastes like celery, and uh, I dry it and use it sprinkle it on things, you know. Actually, what I'm calling is I have a beautiful crown of thorns plant, Charlie. Mm-hmm. I can't remember its Latin name, but you know it. Mm-hmm. At, uh, legend has it it was what they made the crown on Christ's head with, right. you know. Anyway, um, people ask me uh, if they can have a cutting. and What do you do? Do you cut that back? It's very tall. It's about two feet tall, Charlie. I put it out in the summer, but it's inside now, of course. Right. So it's about two feet tall. Does it have branches on it? Is yes, it It's fairly it has full? long stems. Mm-hmm. So actually, it has the little pink flowers. Okay, so this is the perfect time. To, if you do want to do cuttings, this is the perfect time to do it. Okay. Particularly if the plant isn't really balanced, if it's got sort of more shoots and stems on one side than on the other side, they sometimes they get a little top heavy, right? This plant because it yes, gets it's very tall. tall, and if they're bushy and happy and full of leaves and flowers, and we do like to really let them dry out between waterings, so the, the pot can get quite light. Yes. Meanwhile, the plant is quite heavy, so it's not a bad idea to consider some cutting back. You, what you would do is you would <clears throat> go to where the sprouts are, the little sprouts that have come off some of the main stems. Yes. You won't cut it sort of halfway through a stem. You'll follow it down to where the sprout emerged from one of the other stems. Sharp, Just a sharp blade or a sharp pair of scissors. Yes. Cut it off. Yes. As soon as you cut it off, it's going to start to ooze some white latex. Oh, uh, yes. Crown of Thorns is a euphorbia, as far as I know, which is the same as the poinsettia, where, yes. you know, the white latex the white, yes, starts oozing out. So yes. have a piece of newspaper handy or something like that. 
whatever you're cutting off, just lay it down on the newspaper, yes. just on its side. Mm-hmm. Let it sit on the floor or in a dry windowsill somewhere. Yeah. The cuttings will just sit there. Let them sit there for at least three or four days. And what the, just let them sit out on the newspaper for three or four days. Three or four days, yes. <clears throat> the cut end will seal itself off and yes. stop oozing. Okay. Which will, you know, dry down, which yes. is what you want. Yes. At that point, then you're in a position to actually put those cuttings um, basically, you're going to put them into some moist, well-drained potting soil. Potting soil, yes. You're just going to hardly put them under the surface of the soil, the cut end. Okay. So, you know, it's not like you stick it down an inch down into the soil. Just, you know, a quarter of an inch. Yeah. Use, if you want to use some toothpicks or something just to stabilize that yeah. little cutting so it's standing up in the soil. Yeah. Water it once and let it be. In a nice sunny spot, it will grow roots. Oh, wonderful. It, will t- it may take a few weeks, but it will quite quickly grow roots. Because people have asked me for cutting but I didn't yeah. want to cut it without, before asking you. Yeah. you know. No, it's not hard to do. The easiest thing to do with it is to cause them to rot from too much water. So that's I why see. we dry them before we try to root them. We and we root them after just water once, yes. nice sunny spot, yes. let it be for at least two weeks before you water again. Right. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Sounds like a beautiful place you have there in Guildwood. Yeah, I love that really name, does. too. Val, thank you so much for your call. 934 here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. And you are listening to the only garden show broadcasting here in Toronto. Yes, Yes, AM 740. We are the only garden show. And I'm the the only sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. And I'm very proud of that title. Yes, indeed. Well, now, (laughs) off we go to St. Catharines to say hi to Anne. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Love your show. Thank you, Anne. Uh, I... Uh, just experimenting and growing some tomato and eggplant seedlings. Mm-hmm. And they're about like three or four inches. But I've been putting them out, pushing them along and putting them out in the afternoon sun mm-hmm. on the north side. Mm-hmm. And I noticed the leaves are getting a bit brownish. Mm-hmm. What would that be, the wind or the sun? It could be either. Uh, we have had a few, like yesterday was kind of a, a sharp north wind that was blowing. Mm-hmm. So certainly it could be a little bit of sunburn, could be a little bit of wind burn. I think your idea of pushing them outside is a good idea. Oh, is uh, that so? But try to push them out into a shady spot where they're protected from the wind. I see. All right. Just put them out every day for a couple hours. Today is going to be great. Tomorrow, I'm not so sure they're talking rain. But even, you know, if it's warm rain, it's not a problem. Just get them so that they're protected from the wind, protected from the sun, a couple hours a day for the next 10 days or so. Then you can start pushing them out into the sun. I've been putting them out on the north side. Do you think the south side would be better? It might be even sunnier on the south side. It it would be. So keep them. uh, Can you go? North side is cooler. That's right. Well, do you have an east side mm-hmm. you could put them on in the afternoon so they're they're sheltered from the sun? So the north side is okay. North is okay, but east would be preferred if you had it. Oh, I have to, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to locate that spot. Okay. Okay. Thanks, so it's Anne. all right to put them out uh, irrespective of the slight burning. Oh, yeah. Keep going. Yep. Don't, don't hesitate to keep putting them out. Just and, protect and, from wind and okay. sun. And how often uh, should they be fertilized with tomato fertilizer? Did you buy the tomato fertilizer that you mix with water? Yes. All right, so you'll follow the directions on the package. I think it'll say that you should use it about every two to three weeks. Two to three weeks. Right. 
All right, great. All right. Thank you, Charlie. Thank Have you, Anne. Thank good you. luck with that. And we leave Anne running for a compass to find out <laughs> where is east. Or a GPS, maybe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <GPS>. <laughs> Which side is my Very east? Good. Well, the east is the side that the sun rises on. Oh, sure. And, of course, well, sure, you say, but you know how many people well, have to think that one through? <laughs> I would have had to. Uh, there you go. The, the east side is the best side to protect our plants in a lot of ways because, number one, the morning sun is gentler than the afternoon sun, and the prevailing wind is typically from the west. So if we have an east side to tuck our little plants as a beginning spot, protected spot to start them outdoors, we have the soft morning sun and virtually no wind. Well, there you are. East is east and west is west. Okay. Thank you, my, my uh, there you sous go. chef. <laughs> Delia in Brampton. Uh, cut me off before I sing too much. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Um... A couple of weeks ago, or three weeks ago, I called you about this campanella that seemed to be dying on me only after a week uh, that I received it as a gift. And when, when it was given to me, it was beautiful, lots of little flowers, lots and lots of flowers. And then within a week, it seemed to be uh, wilting and drying. Mm-hmm. And um, you advised me to give it a haircut, mm-hmm. which I did, and to uh, fertilize it with some miracle grow. Mm-hmm. It's still, today I trimmed off a lot of the dry mm-hmm. straw-like... Um, Good, yeah, stems and stems. leaves, yeah. And... Um, what I discovered was, although around the plant always seemed damp or slightly wet, mm-hmm. um, I was able to get to what they call, I believe, the root ball, the mm-hmm. little sort of thing that I guess the seeds were planted in. Mm-hmm. And that is dry. Okay, so um, <clears throat> the, the, the actual pot this plant is growing in, I believe it's a campanula. It's a little blue or white flowered plant? Uh, a little purple. Purple, okay. Yeah. So, campanella. Yeah, it's with a, well, it's actually with a C, C-A-M-P-A-N-U-L-A. Campanula. Yes. So um, it's the pot it's growing in now is a four-inch pot, I believe? Yes, it's... it's so if you slip the whole, if you turn it on its side and you slip the whole plant out of the pot, yes. you'll be holding a bunch of soil in your hand. Yes. And that, so you're saying that that actual root, when you're talking about the root ball being moist or dry, where's the, the moisture? The root ball is actually dry, which is, uh, I discovered the first time this morning mm-hmm. before I called you, I had a look because um, I was able to cut more of the dry the thing is, the, these dried uh, little stems or whatever, mm-hmm. they sort of intertwine, mm-hmm. and it's hard really to, to get them out. However, I did try to get as much of them out, mm-hmm. and I f- was no- able to see that little root ball, okay, and so- that is dry. Right. So here, here's the, what you've done is perfect with little scissors, almost like little manicure scissors. Do exactly what you're doing, cutting away the, the dead, the brown, the dry. Keep your eyes peeled for little green, like fresh green growth coming right from the crown of the plant. 
The crown is usually right at the, at the level of the soil where the stems and the roots come together is the crown, and that's where new growth will come from. So when yes. you're trimming away all that brown stuff, hopefully you'll see a little tiny bits of green fresh coming up, which tells you the plant is still alive and yes. still wants to grow. It just needs you know optimal conditions to do so. If the soil is dry, if you stick your finger in the soil and it feels dry to the touch, then it is appropriate to water. The trick, of course, is to make sure that the plant doesn't sit in a lot of water. We always water when it's dry, water thoroughly. Uh, in your case, it might be a full, even a cup of water that you would use to water the plant thoroughly. The water will go through the holes in the bottom of the pot. You'll catch them in a saucer below, catch that water in the, in the saucer. Let the plant sit there for 10 or 15 minutes in that water. Then 10 or 15 minutes later, pour out any of that excess water that's still in the saucer. So yeah. your, your little plant has been thoroughly watered, but it's not sitting in water. And now put it back in its sunny spot on the windowsill and just keep feeling the soil every couple of days. It might be a week. It might be two weeks before you water again and you water thoroughly. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't need to transplant? No, I wouldn't rush into any transplanting. It, the plant, <clears throat> it's a bit shocking to transplant plants, so I would wait until you've got some new growth coming on it. You've got oh, some I fresh see. green growth, yeah. and then you'll be in a good position to move it up to a bigger pot if indeed it requires it. Okie doke. Thank, thank you very much, Delia, for your call from Brampton. By the way, I've got a gig in Brampton. Do you? Yeah, a June. A gig? I didn't know you had a band. Yeah, no, well, no, uh, <laughs> just me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Greenway, uh, a a Greenway Village, a retirement village yes. out there. I've done a remote out there for the folks. They called and asked me if I'd MC their uh, Canadian Idol contest. Nice. They yes. That'll so be fun. On the 17th, which is that Thursday, <clears throat> I'll be out there MCing their Idol and contest. And you're going to wear your tux for this, well, I hope? Uh, no. Not so much. Not so no, much. maybe Bermuda shorts. <laughs> you know, by that time we should be into that. That's kind of true, exactly. Anyway, yeah. hi to our folks in Brampton, and we're going to say hi to hi in just a couple of moments from uh, Toronto after we check these messages here on the Charlie Dobbin Show from AM 740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. Frank Proctor, along with Charlie on this beautiful Saturday morning. Grace is the first voice you hear when you call in, and the number is to call 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Elsewhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's say hi to hi in Toronto. You love that. I do. <laughs> Good morning, hi. Hi, how are you, Charlie? I'm well. Uh, Charlie, I, I've got a Revolutions Croton, uh-huh. and uh, I've had it for about a year. I bought it at the, the uh, exhibition about a year ago mm-hmm. uh, in the flower f- uh, section there, and uh, it's been growing fine. I spoke to you a while back, and we uh, put it into a larger, I got an eight-inch uh, diameter pot, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been growing fine, and all of a sudden it started, the ends started to turn uh, uh, dry up and Crispy. crack. Yeah. And uh, you're brownish at the ends. And uh, it's been growing, but you know the leaves are coming. New leaves are coming out, but the uh, every time they grow for a while, the ends are suddenly brittle. Okay, so you know what's the trick with croton? Right. Uh, some of the a number of the tropicals will do this. If it's kept too dry, right. the tips will turn brown. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, so you, you, it sounds like you maybe just you might need to water a little more often. Right. The other thing that can happen is if the humidity is too low, the uh-huh. tips can turn brown. Of course, we've had our our winters are dry in our homes. No 
matter right. how much humidifiers we run, we still don't want to keep it at 80%. Otherwise, you know, everything's dripping. Exactly. But the, pl- the Crotons would love 80% humidity. Uh-huh. So get your little mister out. No, it, it, it was very important in the winter. You should definitely do it now. Uh, in the summer, you don't need to do it as much because we really do have 80% humidity right. outdoors. Uh, but certainly get your mister out and mist a couple of times a day. Um, okay, great, because I've been uh, using the old criteria of you know, letting it get dry mm-hmm. and then watering it when it's, when it's completely dry. That's out. right. So it sounds like just, so you, you've been doing a good thing because it, better to err on the side of too little water than right. too much water. So it just sounds like you're going to have to water a little more often. Maybe uh, jump at a day forward than what you've been doing and oh. do mist. And the other thing I use sometimes is just a big, like a cookie sheet or a large tray, a plastic tray. Right. A single layer of gravel in the tray, so you know, half an inch of gravel right. in the tray. Fill that all up with water to the, uh-huh. to the top of the gravel. Sit your croton on top of the gravel. Uh-huh. Water will constantly be evaporating uh, out of the gravel. Right. Uh, you know, through the croton and increasing the humidity around the plant. Oh, good idea. So you could try that even in the winter. Not, again, not so important in the summer, but right. a nice way to increase your humidity in the winter to keep those tips from turning brown. Wonderful. Should I try any, any uh, fertilizer at all? Or? This is the time to be fertilizing all our plants, both indoors and outdoors, right. because all of the plants are starting to actively grow. Right. So whenever a plant is actively growing, absolutely yes. Go right ahead and do fertilizing as per instructions. Right. Typically once a month, I'll do my fertilizing March to September. Good. Once a month and then cut right back on your fertilizer. Let the plant slow down for winter. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank Jeff. you for your call. Have a great day. Hi. Okay, you too. Thanks again. Okay. As we say goodbye to hi. Oh, we you stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're just uh, I'm incorrigible. A card. I, I'm incorrigible. You are, that's a good word, too. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Oakville is our next destination for the Charlie <laughs> Jalvin Garden Show. And Bill is on the line. Hi, Bill. Hi, good morning. How are you this morning? Good, thank you. Very good. good I've morning. got a sort of a funny question. I've got a um, flower that comes up the first, uh, it'll come up even as soon as the snow is still on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first green that shows up. Uh, it's got about a, oh, it comes up in clumps. It mm-hmm. appears like an onion bulb mm-hmm. on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you dig them out, you can't get rid of them because they just keep coming back in different spots. But it's got a long, skinny leaf on it, and it comes up with a, a little white flower about the size of a quarter with about uh, six or seven petals on it, uh, well spread out like a daisy type and a little yellow center, and this uh, flower, when it comes up, it sort of looks like uh, uh, a piece of asparagus yeah. where the flower part comes out. This, Any idea what it might be? Um, absolutely, yes, but I can't remember what it's called. And you oh. know what? I know somebody's listening who's going to be able to answer this question for us. Uh-huh. We had a call on this, and I think it was last fall, so I can look back in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't something I've ever experienced, but obviously others have, because we did, like I say, get a call last year on this. Mm-hmm. I looked it up, and sure enough, it is a very invasive bulb, as you point out. looks a lot like an onion. Right. Little flowers. It all started as a pretty little ornamental, which got completely out of control and takes over like crazy. Oh, it does. It really... Uh, but it's the first uh, yep. it's the first sign of spring, really, because it's it's up when there's still snow on the ground. That's right. And so that's what, where so many of those pretty little ornamentals start, right? Is something... Some special aspect to it mm-hmm. made it something that people thought was good yep. and started planting it. 
guys. Well, I, and know, I think we've had it for about 30 years, and we, you know, yeah. you, you get dig it. You don't it's, like it in a certain area, so you dig it all out, and it comes back someplace else. You that's know, right, because it, it seems to me that one of the way it spreads by seed, so mm-hmm. after those flowers are done, it will seed itself. Of course, as you know, it also spreads by the bulbs. By the bulbs, yes. So a couple of ways to try and eliminate it. One you know, which is trying to dig. Yep. Uh, not foolproof, because, you know, you, there's always going to be one little bit of bulb that escapes the shovel. And I think the squirrels like them too. So. They'll move them around for yep. you. So there's that. The other thing is, remember there are some um, inse- <clears throat> excuse me, herbicides that are available. The non-selective herbicide, which is made from vinegar. Mm-hmm. Scott's makes one. It says it's called, I believe it's called EcoSense is the name on the package. And it will eliminate anything you spray. It smells uh, like vinegar. You'll know it's vinegar when you're spraying it. So if you could carefully, on a non-windy day, spray <laughs> just the green leaves and flowers... Right. It should kill, and that might take more than one spray, mm-hmm. but because it, it'll the green leaves will turn yellow right away, but yeah. often the bulb will have enough energy to send up some more leaves, so you may have to spray twice. Okay. Uh, but what will happen is you can eliminate, if you're very careful, to not spray the things you love, <laughs> right? Because it right. will also hurt them. Or the bottom line, and this sometimes works for people, is using a smothering or suffocation technique, uh, black plastic Pieces of black plastic tarpaulin is is the bottom line. Laying that right on top of the patch where this this crazy out of control plant is growing. Right. Um, making sure that that black plastic is firmly affixed to the ground with some rocks on top or some soil around the edges. Right. And the sun will beat down on the the black plastic, heat it up. Uh, the soil below will start to bake, and it will actually sterilize the soil below and kill anything below the tarpaulin through heat and um, and through lack, obviously, of light and moisture. Oh, that may be, may be a good idea, too. Yeah, and it's great because of the worms and any of the, the little critters you love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they start getting hot, they move on out. Right. Whereas the plants can't go anywhere. So it's a great way to, to eliminate and really sterilize areas of your garden if that's appropriate for the patch. That's Sounds good. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very, very much. Thanks good for the call, Bill. That. Okay. Thank yeah, delighted, delighted you got through to us here on this Saturday morning, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. And I'm going to lead Charlie along to our next little word about Sierra Sill. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> well, hello, Dolly. It's nice to hear you're frisky again. Aw, yeah, my mom's going to like well, that. that's your mom's name, that's Dolly, right? That's my mom's yeah. name. My mom was so little when she was born, everybody looked at her little tiny, she had eight brothers and sisters, and they all looked at her and said, she's so tiny, she's like a doll. Oh, well, there you are. That's why she got named Dolly. Anyway, um, <laughs> but my mom, as you know, has been taking Sierra Sill yes. based on uh, my husband's very good success with feeling very good, very limber, uh, very easy to move after taking Sierra Sill as per instructions. Here's kind of the cute part of it. It's very hard to read the instructions. The the print is so small on the on the bottle. You had some issues uh, trying to yes, figure I it did. out. Yes, and I did. I learned today my <laughs> sister-in-law, who I thought I was very clear to her, she too couldn't figure out when to take Sierra Sill because you you know, she just didn't get it. Today I've clarified for her. You take based on body weight, 3 pills every day. At the same time, you take all three at the same time. The only trick is if you work around your food. So, you know, not eating beforehand and not eating afterwards, which is why Elliot figured out the time to take his Sierra Sills just before bed with plenty of water. And he feels good. My mom is frisky. You're feeling better. Yes. And I've got a lot of really good anecdotal information on why Sierra Sill is, is very effective. So if you're interested in learning more, talk to the people at Sierra Sill. Give it a try. 
14 days guaranteed results. Uh, that's why the phone number is one eight seven seven joint 14 or the website www sierra sill so s i e r r a s i l dot com i just can't wait to hear about your next family reunion when your <laughs> sister-in-law's going to bonk you on the head with a spoon call me no. a dummy huh no 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 right they're, on the radio they're going to be doing gymnastics oh, at yes. the next family dinner oh, my mom <laughs> and my sister-in-law and my husband will have worked out some routine i'm sure <laughs> okay back in a moment and uh, who will we be talking to oh uh, georgetown we're heading to talk to norm in just a moment Southern Ontario, Western New York, wherever you're tuning in, this is your place for everything garden. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Turf Builder Easy Seed. And wow, we've got time just for a quick phone call here from Norm in Georgetown. Hi, Norm. Good morning. How are you this morning? Great. Good morning, Norm. How, how are you, Charlie? Good. What's going on at your place? Okay, I've got a bougainville plant that I've had for, this is the second year. Mm-hmm. It has uh, flowered very well this uh, this spring, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden the bracts have fallen off in the flowers, mm-hmm. and where they were, it appears to be kind of a mealybug. I don't know oh, whether... It could be mealybug. Uh, are they susceptible? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so, what's the cure? All right, so get a hold of a very simple insecticide that will be pyrethrum-based. I think um, probably the easiest one is called Bug Be Gone. Bug be gone. Bug be gone. It comes in a spray bottle. Follow the instructions. Take the bougainvillea outside. What I have done is I will I'll trim away any any of the tips that look dead and that clearly have mealybug attached to them. So that's that white, waxy, fuzzy-looking yeah. thing. Yeah. Do not keep those trimmings on the property. Make sure that those go off the property. You want to get that mealybug gone. And uh, after you've trimmed the plant down, spray thoroughly all angles of the plant. In the shade, let it drip, let it dry. Then a quick wash with clean water. Uh, you might want to bring it back inside because it's going to be too cool to leave it out tonight. But isolate it from the other plants. Give it a week or so. Keep an eye on it. Expect to, to spray it again. But you should be able to control the mealybug. It's so easy to see. It's very easy to control. It, it doesn't look as though it's very uh, energetic there. It seems weak, but at any rate, mm-hmm. bug be gone. Bug be gone. That'll okay. work for you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Norm. Hey, Good luck with you, that. Thank you, Norm. And there is our final call. Can you believe the time just I just like tell that? you, and there's still so much to talk yeah. about. Because, you know, Norm brings up mealybug. I had the exact same thing happen at home. A hibiscus got uh, suddenly. So you could just see being Charlie Dubbin doesn't guarantee that you don't have problems in the garden. No, no, it doesn't. But you know what? I can tell you, and I can tell everybody who's listening, the trick is is to be vigilant. Keep an eye on your plants. So just as Norm noticed the mealybug, mm-hmm. don't wait until the plant is 90% dead. See these problems when they're just small little problems. They're very, very solvable. So when I say be vigilant, I mean enjoy your plants. Visit them. Talk to them. In- inspect them. <laughs> and don't care what your neighbors think about you. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Talk to them all you want. I know. <laughs> I was with a client yesterday, and I said that to her. I go, you just need to talk more to your plants. That's all. <laughs> they will be much happier. She looked at me like I was nuts, but I think she's going to do it. Well, she might be on to there. Hey, yeah, thanks we, for that. We've got to scoot. we got to go. Thank you, And you're Charlie. here for a bit. You've yes, got lots uh, Live going in the City on. upcoming after the news with Bob Shepard. And Charlie, once again, a pleasure. Thank you so much, my sous chef, the best sous chef. And thank you, Grace. And the best, Grace. And thanks to all our great callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, 
the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.